My name's Graham Broughton and I'm Managing Director of Storesome. We create marketplaces that help you build, manage, grow and scale your business. As part of the We Are Pentagon Group, the leading marketplace e-commerce service provider, we have over a decade of experience managing marketplace stores for the world's leading brands. Building your own marketplace is the latest opportunity to drive online sales and Storesome is here to help you take full advantage of the platform revolution. Marketplaces are completely changing the trajectory of commerce and I believe you should make it part of your business strategy. Get in touch at graham at storesome.com and book your one-on-one free consultation to explore how building a marketplace can help you achieve your business objectives. Storesome, powering the platform revolution, is our podcast dedicated to bringing the latest thought leadership from experts in the e-commerce and marketplace industry. In our episodes, you'll uncover the latest trends and insights to help you accelerate your online business and gain expertise in a number of verticals crucial to success. The first season is dedicated to exploring the payments vertical and speaking with leading companies within the fintech industry. In this season, guests will include Recharge, Utrust, ShieldPay, Payoneer, Cybersource and Adyen. In this episode, I spoke to Roland Berry, Director of Business Development at Payoneer. Payoneer is the leading cross-border payments platform for businesses. In this episode, we spoke about Payoneer's origins and evolution, how their services have been impacted during the shift to digital and their future plans. We also spoke about Roland's views on marketplaces, PSD2 and regulation, and what trends and shifts Payoneer sees taking place in the next year. At the end, Roland offers one takeaway to businesses to help them get through this period and thrive on to the other end. So definitely stick around to hear that. So hello to our listeners and welcome to the podcast uh, with Storesome. Uh, This season's focus on the fintech sector. And today I'm joined by Roland Berry, Director of Business Development at Payoneer. Roland, welcome. How are things you with at the moment with this uh, second work, second week of lockdown? <laughs> Thanks, Graham, and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, well, it's certainly less uh, strict than last time round, but I'm easing back into spending a lot of time sitting in my uh, front room, uh, remotely working. Yeah, much shorter commute, eh? Well, yeah, to the coffee machine. <laughs> Excellent. So it'd be great for our listeners to hear a bit more about you, your personal background, um, and also Payoneer as a business. So um, if you could just kind of share a bit more information about you and then uh, the Payoneer's history and the, where it's originated and how it's progressed over the past few years. Of course. Um, well, I'll start with me, but I'll keep it short because it's the less interesting bit. But uh, so personally, I, I grew up in, in consulting. I, I worked across financial services. Um, I made the move into Payoneer and I sit within our, our enterprise team. So this is the, the area that focus on the marketplaces specifically. And my real sort of key area of interest is actually looking at bringing new sort of strategic initiatives to market within Europe. And a lot of that is around sort of developing now our partner ecosystem. And we can sort of talk about this a little bit in our, our sort of views on the marketplace future. But Payoneer, for those of you, I guess, that, that haven't come across us, um, we're, we're obviously a fintech provider. We, we specialize within the marketplace space. We were actually founded back in 2005. And we very, so now we are, we're a payments platform um, predominantly focused on the marketplace vertical. And, and I can touch on a few other areas. And for us, we, we really look at this from two sides. 
So one is that we, we've built out an ecosystem of sellers. These are the, the shop fronts and individuals all over the world that are selling on, on marketplaces globally. I think at, at last count, that's somewhere around the, the 4 million mark. So there's quite a few now that have been stacking up within the, in there. And we're able to offer them a whole host of, of products and services to allow them to receive and, and send money right around the world. And then the other side of our business is actually working with those marketplaces that um, these the sellers are operating on. So everything from the, the sort of big, large global names that we love and hate um, from Amazon and the rest, right down to some of those that are perhaps more vertically aligned or regionally aligned. And, and just sort of high level on, on the product offering that we've then built up around this, this sort of ecosystem. Clearly, a lot of this is around enabling people wherever in the world to send money. But I would say as we've evolved and grown over time, we've then actually, through this deep, deep expertise in marketplaces, been able to bring other value propositions around risk and regulation and innovation, which we can come to. Awesome. Um, and in terms of, again, like touching on what's happened in the past six months, the kind of conversations mm -hmm. I've been having have, have all been about kind of acceleration and growth and scale because we're in a very much as it's very difficult to talk about capitalizing as part of this pandemic and I don't think anyone wants to capitalize on it but we've seen a natural growth and also a push by governments to you know drive online trade um yep. how's that how that how's that affected your existing customers and has there been a kind of a surge in demand for people to say hey can you tell me about marketplaces and what what I should be doing internationally and cross-border yeah it's been a really interesting time and, and I would say across the portfolio um that there's clearly been ups and downs over the past six to nine months, but there's been some really interesting sort of flexibility shown by customers looking at marketplaces. What I mean by this is clearly uh, a lot of the requirements for building a marketplace, uh, reducing working capital and capital expenditure that's tied up in your supply chain, having the flexibility to source products internationally has been a real asset. We've certainly been able to support European marketplaces I mean, at the very beginning of the, the COVID-19, mobilized uh, face masks in Germany, bringing new sellers onto these platforms. We've, we've seen the growth of perhaps businesses that have not traditionally used the marketplace model become a lot more interested. I think this is certainly in the B2B space, we're starting to see supply chains move to marketplaces. Um, we're seeing omni-channel and, and businesses utilizing both physical and digital um, business models. So it's been a certainly a very interesting time. I would say that there's still a, a big question that this brings around risk and regulation. And, and actually, this is something that we've we've focused on quite a lot around how do you ensure that the, these ecosystems are that fraud is minimized and, and that sellers are who they say they are. And actually, when you build a marketplace, how do you ensure that you can really operate internationally, whether this is from licensing requirements um, in, in Europe with PSD2 to, to money transmission in the US? So that's a really good point because again, we've, we've kind of talked a lot about things like PSD2 and then called a, a supplier and product verification. Do you guys offer mm -hmm. services to kind of solve that issue or do you partner with other people to solve that issue? So I think we can cut it into a couple of uh, different categories. So on the PSD2 side, um, there's certain regulations that specifically apply to a marketplace model. And this is something that we help quite a lot of the businesses with in enabling them to, to operate a marketplace and we are leveraging our money licenses. This means that these businesses are not having to go through a very long and costly process of obtaining a license. I would say from the sort of risk forward perspective, um, we've actually found over 
the years of sort of doing KYC checks and due diligence on sellers when we're sending money, as we own sort of both sides of the equation here, we've been able to actually um, develop a whole host of products around fraud and, and we call it trust. So I think we were seeing actually that, uh, forgive me, I'm slightly wrong, I think around 60% of, uh, of fraud happening on marketplaces is actually from, from repeat um, characters within these ecosystems. And we've been able to now leverage this as a service we provide a marketplace. Okay, so it sounds as though over the past kind of six, six, nine months, and part of your pioneer's evolution is that you've then started building on your kind of stack of solutions. So, you know, the PSD2 is obviously something that's been driven via kind of legislative change. And the, and the fraud piece is around, you know, what you've experienced in the market. How do you kind of develop your your um, your products and your solutions? Is it how is that kind of generally any roadmaps for you guys? Yeah, so uh, for us again, it, it thinks a little bit of the marketplace is sort of one side of the equation and the sellers on the other, and, and how we drive the sort of product innovation on both is varying. Clearly, the regulation is driving a large chunk of it. Our focus on really being a global platform is kind of core to this. So. I think in our marketplaces are seeing such a change in consumer behavior right now, and they're having to respond to this fairly quickly, and they need the payment infrastructure to be able to do so. I think one example of this would be, let's look at payment acceptance. Um, I think with large parts of the, 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 the globe that have not necessarily been as advanced in, in digital payments, rapidly adopting new wallet solutions or local payment methods, um, or even buy now, pay later products, Marketplaces have been able to have had to been able to adapt and utilize these. So we've done a lot of work in in our merchant services space, looking at at um, payment orchestration as as it's known, to allow marketplaces to be able to connect to new payment methods. So thinking back to your point, yes, certainly risk is driving it, globalization is driving it, technology is driving it, as well as competition. I should add. Awesome. And in terms of, it sounds as though you're creating effectively there's roadblocks and challenges and you're creating solutions for those. What are the kind of the big call outs um, apart from the, the risk and the PSD too that you kind of think is, is like right now during 2020 and what you might foresee over the next kind of six to 12 months? Um, <clears throat> we still see such complication in, in just operating internationally. And I know this is kind of stating the obvious. Uh, but these marketplaces sort of aggregating services right around the world um, does create such a layer of complexity, certainly when you're dealing with um, parts of the world that are less catered or, or structured with banking infrastructure and consumer behavior being very different. So I still feel that this is a large sort of proposition that we're, we're working to, to drive efficiencies through. Clearly, the, the adoption of, of technology and digitalization is still one which is driving a huge part of this business model for clients. And it's being able to say that, that our clients are still customer-centric. And I think this becomes the sort of key issue here. And if you look at marketplaces now, and I think this comes back to the partnership perspective is how do they drive value through embedding financial services or anything else within their ecosystems? Marketplaces are, are moving to create a lot of other opportunities to provide services to those sellers and buyers that, that are operate there. And, and that's the, a lot of what we're looking at is through innovative collaborations and partnerships, how can other things be brought to add value and stickiness to these ecosystems? Awesome. 
So talk me through. So some of our listeners won't necessarily be as um, a fay with, with, with Payoneer and the solutions it provides. So you talked about having 4 million SMBs or 4 million people within your kind of um, uh, customer network. But I, I presume there's a tiered approach in terms of the people that you work with. So it's a kind of a twofold question. So it'd be great to understand where Payoneer sits for, for operators who are sellers effectively. And also then how you work with marketplaces themselves, because um, I know, you know, obviously you, you, you work on the cross-border transactional pieces and the payment processes, but it'd be good to understand kind of both, both sets of, um, of user cases. Of course, say. So- I think on the the seller side, so those that are selling on these platforms, um, we're able to offer an account to these these businesses that has um, their ability to receive funds wherever around the world in, in a whole host of different currencies. We actually now support, well, 200 countries and territories, I should add, and I think at last count around 150 currencies. So we've really made it our business to ensure out of our competitors that we go for the very global approach in coverage. And then with these accounts, sellers are able to do supplier payments. They're able to withdraw these funds either to their bank accounts or use prepaid cards and a whole host of other solutions around this to help with tax and working capital solutions. The other side of the equation on, on the marketplace, the operator side, we, we came from the, the payout world. So obviously we were facilitating the payout capabilities for these platforms. And again, with the ability for them to do the currency local payout where, where possible. And where this is now taken and where you see these end-to-end marketplace payment solutions and, and a Stripe Connect or an Agen for platforms would perhaps fall there. Our view is very much for the open agnostic platforms. So we provide a orchestration layer to allow our marketplace connect to well over 100 different PSPs and APMs. We then are able to offer settlement solutions around the world in, in a whole host of different sort of currencies. And then we're allowing them to do bulk payouts and and then at that point leverage our other capabilities as we say whether that's around things like kyc or fx capabilities there's a whole load of other value add perfect um and in terms of the 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 cross-border and the supply chain piece um the, the kind of like you said in terms of all the kind of value add that you've you've done in the platform that you've operated and built um, have you seen have you seen a, a, an, in, an influx in terms of people adopting kind of digital payment in terms of what's happened recently so they can process quicker and kind of move those those products across quicker or is it kind of similar to what you saw in 2019 2018 we've certainly seen a, an uptake and i think when you take the global perspective it's really interesting to look at the sort of different behaviors by region And there's certainly been rapid acceleration to to using digital methods and digital payments and those exploring the sort of digital route. Because of Payoneer not solely operating within the e-commerce vertical, we we started within e-commerce and and built our expertise around this. And then I guess as the marketplace model was adapted to other verticals, think, for example, freelancers and the gig economy, or even then looking into travel and vacation rentals, we've certainly seen, and no surprises here, a bit of an interesting um, divergence in uptake. So everything within vacation rentals and travel has been, should I say, a particularly unpleasant year. And those within e-commerce has certainly been a lot more uh, interesting. But again, this is still within certain sub-verticals within e-commerce. So we, we've seen a bounce back now, but 
during the last six months, obviously a lot of the entertainment space took a massive dive and, and you'd see sort of um, DIY services and home exercise equipment being booming. But I would say a lot of this is now quite comfortable in the digital medium. And I say that a lot of these trends are here to stay. I think any kind of um, research that you read on the subject will say that a generation of, of people that weren't necessarily comfortable operating through this medium have now found that this is actually something that's safe, secure and very practical. Understood. Understood. Um, so in terms of kind of Pioneer and how over the past, you know, six, 12 months, again, you, you're how you've been kind of growing as, 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 as a business. Um, I'm right in correcting the thinking that you were, you acquired a, um, a platform called Optile last year. Um, and what was the kind of understanding and the value add for, for acquiring such a platform? So this was our, our move into merchant services and um, we published a few articles at the time. So for those that are not sort of from, from the payment world, we'd always sat on the payout side, working with the disbursements and providing a whole load of sort of treasury and, and services to the marketplace. We didn't do acquiring and, and sort of payment acceptance per se. Um, however, with the acquisition of Optile, this is a technical layer that sits in front of your requirer or your PSP. And this is kind of a smart data layer that allows you a whole load of flexibility um, to connect to different providers. But then on top of that, it allows you through one API to manage and, and smart route based on a whole load of different rules that you want to program into your um, console or dashboard. I think one of the rationales and, and certainly really interesting adaptions of this is, is a couple of use cases. One is, is think of a marketplace that's operating in a couple of regions and is looking to expand to a new territory or, or geography, they would through one API be able to connect to a whole host of other local um, PSPs that would specialize with higher acceptance rates in that region. Mm -hmm. And this really helps the business scale a lot quicker, um, certainly given all the, the competitive nature of the market at the moment. The other use cases around some of these larger businesses that have a whole host of different um, acquirers and PSPs already, and this allows them to optimize who they're using. So based on whichever of these rules and, and functionalities that they build into the, the, the routing, they're able to choose by rates or um, by bins, which provider they'd like to use in which environments. So back to our original point, and this is kind of facilitating an open payments platform end-to-end -end now across a marketplace business model. Understood. So effectively, what you're trying to do there is you're making global local. You're effectively saying, you know, th these are the kind of um, the most uh, trusted and used um, payment conversion sites. And then effectively, you're enabling those on a territory by territory basis. Is that correct? Yeah. So we, through our sort of knowledge and, and what well, I should say, the team at Optile's knowledge of, of the payment acceptance world, they clearly have um, a depth of information around different providers and, and are making sure that they're connected to the best in each region for you to then utilize um, for the, the payments that you're using in that space as your customers demand. Excellent. Okay. So in terms of how Payoneer sits um, in, in the space, you, you've obviously, you've been, you, you've been busy. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly uh, been an interesting time. I mean, we're, we're, I think if you check out the news on our website now, we're around 1500 people. We have 20, 22, maybe 23 offices now. Um, we, we process quite a, a, a sizable chunk of um, volume each year for our customers. 
And it's certainly a really interesting time. We keep growing from strength to strength. But I think also, if you look at the, the market that we both operate in, marketplaces are, are really going through a very interesting and exciting time now. Um, and it's certainly interesting to look at all the new sort of use cases and innovation that's happening within the space. So COVID-19 has been a challenge for everyone. Um, and I would say it, it still proves to be so, but it's been great to be able to, to help our customers respond and really give them the flexibility that they need to keep on operating. Completely agree. And um, I think, you know, providers like yourself have kind of seen the future there. And um, I was reading the other week that effectively, you know, in the past six or nine months has compressed digital kind of um, acceptance, engagement and, and and kind of acceleration by 10 years. Um, I don't know if 10 years is a bit is, is, is a bit long, but effectively people who weren't doing anything digitally um, with the, the the kind of closing of bricks and mortar, it's it's made them stand up and think what they're doing in terms of their omni-channel solution. Um, mm -hmm. And I think providers and, and you know service providers and um, businesses like yourselves have, have already kind of invested in that platform to to add scale because you know from your from the amount of customers and the the, the, the kind of tools and functionalities that you're offering, it's already there, it's already in place. Um, so you know I, I think I think it's it's very interesting over the next six twelve. 24 months what's what's uh, on the horizon is there anything specific on the horizon in terms of functionality or product that you'd like to talk about that's kind of due to land in in the next uh, well next year or, or towards the end of this year so i think for us it's like a constant iteration of what we're doing we we look to keep on broadening our partnerships to ensure that we have the global scale and this yeah. includes everything from from new technologies that are coming to market that, that are useful uh, i think you'll see recent things that we've been in the press sort of launching one of which is we've productized our we call it green channel this is actually like a seller recruitment um uh product so so this is the idea that we have all these sellers within our universe that we we have already performed due diligence and checks and kyc on and we're actually now able to make recommendations to our other marketplaces other operators to be able to recruit some of these sellers and then onboard them in a very quick um and seamless way I think looking at to the future, clearly partnerships is driving a lot of this, right? So, and I don't only mean within product, sorry, Pioneer's products sort of portfolio, but is also looking at how can we embed some of our services and, and features within our, our marketplaces. Increasingly, you see marketplaces moving to offering financial services products themselves, but yeah. clearly a lot of these are not necessarily built in-house. A lot of these are done through partnership and white labeling or, or anything of the sort. And this is a sort of interesting space that you see a lot of our competitors and ourselves looking at, which is something I'd say to certainly keep an eye on. And I think it's for us, it's just constantly building out now our, our, our merchant services business and, and everything that we're doing now globally um, with the larger operators. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. In terms of things like pay later, uh, recurring payments, those kind of solutions, um, sitting on marketplaces has surfaced a lot quicker now um, and you can see again with the uh, just how people are kind of trying to budget and, and finance themselves over Christmas you know buying buying Christmas presents or go through Black Friday people are looking to kind of spread those payments over a longer term so um, yeah I, I really see that kind of again that's that really thinking about how you can convert people but offer the right solutions where they normally offer them on normal kind of dot-com propositions rather than on a marketplace proposition yeah i think the, the, the i think one of the biggest changes that's come out of this is clearly the consumer behavior and where you see some interesting partnerships i mean looking at, at the likes of 
these buy now pay later products it's how the, the consumers are becoming more comfortable with utilizing these and then how businesses are able to sort of incorporate this into their sort of standard uh, checkout options i would say some businesses are probably more advanced than others in understanding the risk that it presents and there is another sort of ethical question, I guess, on how comfortable um, consumers feel in taking on this sort of longer term debt. But yeah, we're certainly seeing adoption right across the space. Yeah, completely agree. So just to kind of um, kind of wrap everything up in terms of what we like to do is is kind of just have a kind of a one final piece from yourself. Um, and it's, it's ultimately kind of in terms of one key takeaway um in terms of like what's what pioneer and, and you yourself has personally had what would you give as one piece of advice to uh, the people listening today that's a tricky one um i mean looking at at the experience that we've had over the last six months and i mean there is positive stuff around us but i would still say we're in for a bit of a bumpy ride and a lot of uncertainties I think it's really understanding this kind of flexibility, adaptive, adaptability, um, priority in, in, in what goes forward. I, what I mean by this is businesses that were investing in a whole host of different initiatives are now like pulling back and focusing and investing on their core. They're therefore leveraging third parties a lot more to ensure that they are, are taking some of the burden and risk of, of operating these spaces. From Pioneer's perspective, that means we would view ourselves as probably one of the more flexible solutions that you can have as a marketplace payment platform. And, and we are allowing our customers to make a lot of choices and, and adapt region by region and vertical by vertical. And this, I think, is the core of it, certainly as we go through the uncertainty over the, the, the coming months, is to ensure that this is built into your core model and that you have peace in something which should not necessarily be core, that your payments function is, is secure, that it's regulatory compliant, that the risks are being managed and that you have the kind of tools and products that your customer wants, I think is paramount. And this is kind of where we are really doubling down for now. Awesome, that's great. Um, so thank you so much for uh, your time this afternoon. Really appreciate it. If, uh, if our listeners want to kind of find out more about Payoneer, what's the best way to, uh, to find out more? I would send them to our website uh, and if they have any burning questions, I'm more than happy to take them. Um, contact me either via email or LinkedIn. I'd be more than happy to talk. Fantastic. And what we'll do is we, uh, as we share this um, on social, we'll be, uh, we'll tagging you and uh, sharing some of your details there. So if people do want to get in touch, they can do so directly. So I'd just like to, again, thank you for your time this afternoon. Really interesting to find out more about Payoneer, the solution providers, how you're enabling uh, both brands, retailers and, and businesses to both trade and build their own marketplaces domestically and internationally. Um, and yeah, thanks and have a good rest of the day. Thank you so much, Graham. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Rowan. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to explore how developing a marketplace could help you grow your business, get in touch with me at graham at storsome.com. If you'd like to get in touch with the guest, their details will be in the show notes. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn at Graham Broughton. That's B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, Graham Broughton on LinkedIn. And please do share this episode with anyone you feel would benefit from listening to it. See you in the next episode.